All Year I Dream About Gaming Conventions. Welcome everyone to All Year I Dream About Gaming Conventions, the podcast you didn't know you needed about Gen Con, Origins Game Fair, PAX Unplugged, and beyond. I'm your host, Quarex. And I'm your other host, Ben. Before we start our episode on Dragon Con, we want to introduce a new segment. The, the Listener Highlight. highlight. Dreamers, we want to hear from you. We're going to highlight those of you who reach out to us through social media or place reviews on Apple Podcasts or other podcatchers in our various episodes. The first of you dreamers we're going to highlight is Felipe from Brazil. He reached out to us through Facebook. We mentioned in a previous episode that we have listeners from Brazil, France, and Belgium, and he was excited to hear that he was probably the person, one of the people there. He hasn't had a chance to attend Gen Con since 2017, which was Gen Con 50. But he's listening to our podcast because he wants to remember fondly the time he did get to spend at Gen Con. And Felipe, we hope that next year, Gen Con 2024, you get a chance to come back again. If you do, let us know and we'll figure out something special for you. This week, we're talking about DragonCon, which is an entirely different convention. And as opposed to our wrap-up from other conventions, this episode's solely dedicated to DragonCon. Those of you who've listened to us previously know that Quarex, say hi, Quarex. Hi, Quarex. Attended DragonCon before, and I haven't been there. We're going to introduce one of our friends, Baka, who is a regular attendee at DragonCon, is going to help us walk through some of these things. And whether you're getting ready to attend this year and need to have some reminders of some stuff, this will be useful. Or if you're thinking next year, hey, my sister just moved moved to Atlanta, Atlanta, and and it's Labor Day weekend weekend when DragonCon occurs, and I can can fly my two kids kids down and leave them with their aunt and give my wife a week off and go to attend DragonCon. Baka, I've talked a lot. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Baca. I have uh, enjoyed nerd conventions since I was a small child. I was brought to a Star Trek convention when I was 13, and it blew my tiny little mind, and I've loved them ever since. And Baca, what part of the country, and by the country, we mean the U.S., do you live in? I live in the uh, greater Atlanta metro area, which is uh, very... um, Convenient? On topic for this particular show, yeah. What is your favorite convention, and why is it DragonCon? DragonCon is my favorite convention because it is the jack-of-all-trades of all conventions. Whatever you're into, DragonCon has it. It may not be the A-list. You're probably not going to see Robert Downey Jr. there, but you'll definitely see some famous people there. And there is never nothing to do. It's great. Uh, I don't think I'll see Robert Downey Jr. at Gen Con either. I'm pretty sure the best I'm going to see is Matthew Lillard. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. goes to Gary Con. I mean, probably. Let's just assume he does. We're going to do a crash course through Dragon Con. Can you give us a, a, a short introduction? Dragon Con is a convention that started from a bulletin board system, I think named like Dragon BBS or something like that, in 1987. Does my heart good to hear that. Those guys kept it going for quite some time, and one of the things that they decided to do was to create a convention that wasn't focused on any one particular science fiction thing. I've been going since the early 2000s, and I kind of feel like that's when all the Joss Whedon stuff got really big, and between that and the MCU, it just seems to have like expanded and grown more and more as really uh, nerd conventions get more popular, and just nerd things get more popular. And that does my heart some good. What do you need to attend DragonCon? Why don't you walk us through that quickly? 
So to attend, you need to buy a badge. There are badges for the whole convention and badges for particular days. This year's special because they've started only allowing you to buy badges online before the convention. You can pick up your badge for the whole convention basically on any day of the convention, starting uh, on Thursday at like, I think 10 a.m. maybe. The badges for specific days you can buy beforehand, but you have to pick them up on that day. So if you buy a Saturday badge, you have to pick it up on Saturday. How do you register to attend? That seems to be a thing. So you register to attend online. You uh, also pay for your tickets online. I believe uh, some ticket masters in the greater Atlanta area also allow for picking up or, or purchasing badges beforehand. Registration and picking up your badge is in the Cortland Grand Hotel, which used to be a Sheraton, and it's only been a Sheraton for a very short period of time. So if I do happen to slip up and say Sheraton later, it's actually the Cortland Grand Hotel. I don't think there's been a, a convention that I've attended where I haven't volunteered in some sort of way to get a badge. Is there a way to get a badge for volunteering or running events for the groups? You can volunteer. Uh, obviously, the time to volunteer has ended for this year, but uh, you can volunteer generally on the website on dragoncon.org. You can find instructions on how to volunteer. There are a couple of meetings throughout the year that you can attend to basically learn the different tracks that you can volunteer for. You generally have to volunteer for around 20 to 24 hours to get a free badge. And first-time volunteers uh, do have to pay a small fee, I think of like $20 in order to start. That, that kind of makes sense. I mean, it's annoying. I thought the first one's supposed to be free. You don't know anything about dealing drugs, Quarex. That's actually very true. Unless you want a Hovocon, Dragon Con, which I assume is a worse idea than Indy, because boy, is it hot here. I, I happen to be in the area right now in the wrong week. Oh. I reckon you need to have a hotel. Yes, you do. Uh, or rather, if you're not going to Hobocon it, yeah, of course you do. The uh, hotels are first come, first serve, and they're very early in the year, shortly after the convention ends, uh, generally late September, early October, to enter what is colloquially known as the Hunger Games uh, <laughs> to get a hotel. It sounds like the bad old days of Gen Con that I somehow avoided. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, on top of that, a lot of people who already have hotels, like for this year, they generally are given first dibs on hotels for next year. That also kind of uh, lowers the, the population of hotels that are even available. So it's a little bit like Gen Con's VIG situation, too. I will say that I only knew for sure I could go last year, like 10 days before it started, and I definitely got a hotel room at the last minute. Yeah, that's probably not a good strategy, because it's pretty random that someone happened to have canceled the room right when I was looking. It's Atlanta. Do you have to have a host hotel? No, there are plenty of hotels in and around the host hotels, and there are plenty of hotels in and around Atlanta, so much like Gen Con, you don't necessarily have to be right there in order to be able to stay and have a good time. I suspect it probably helps, though. At least that's what I tell my wife. <laughs> I was going to say that it is amazing how much more of the convention is at the hotels themselves at Dragon Con than any other convention I've been to. Making it even more relevant, you might want to be there. Or actually, you might not want to be at one of the hotels if you want peace and quiet, because you won't get a lot of that. Gen Con has really gone all in with Gen Con Online since 2020, obviously, when they had no choice. But what does Dragon Con have? I know they have a pretty cool internet presence in general, but I don't know as much about it as I'm sure you do. 
on dragoncon.org, there's uh, links to all their social medias. There's definitely a Discord to join. And I think a lot of those events are handled throughout the Discord. DragonCon did also do a DragonCon online during 2020 as well. Uh, that's not really struck, stuck around. The other main thing that DragonCon does have, though, is they have a streaming service. You can watch panels and not have to be in the Atlanta area. You can buy a DragonCon TV subscription and watch the panels from home during the, the convention. I love that. And DragonCon TV generally was probably my biggest culture shock about attending DragonCon because I get into my hotel Wednesday night, I'm flipping through the channels, and I find that DragonCon has a TV channel. And I'm like, okay, this is like the biggest big time convention thing I've ever <laughs> experienced. So, yeah, A plus DragonCon TV, everything about it from what I've experienced. Yeah, and there are a lot of panels, like, especially, like, the bigger costume contests, like, where we more or less throw kind of a room party and watch the, the costume contest mm -hmm. from TV while we're sitting oh there. God, I love it. It's really cool. So getting into convention, I assume you're probably getting there one of two ways. Um, you're either flying in Atlanta's airport is massive mm -hmm. and is is a headache, but it is probably one of the easier places to find reasonable airfare to reach. Um, so you're either probably doing that or you're figuring out how to drive in. Can you talk a little bit about the Atlanta airport or... Yeah, I mean, ha have you ever flown into Atlanta? You know, Mr. Atlanta? Of course I've flown to Atlanta. Yeah, so Atlanta uh, has, what, like it's the busiest airport in the country or something like that, but... So they claim. So they claim. Atlanta's airport is one of the few places where uh, MARTA is actually very convenient to use. What, what's, a, what's a MARTA, Mr. I live in Atlanta? MARTA is our, uh, was it, Metro uh, Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority. It's like the BART, but with a drawl? Yeah, basically. Okay, Mr. Uh, but yeah, it's our... <laughs> it's nowhere near as good as BART, I'm pretty sure. One place it does go to is the airport. And so from the airport, it's pretty easy to get a what is known as a breeze card to take the train. And the every train leaving the airport will pass DragonCon. And it's the uh, Peachtree Center stop. You can't miss it. I guess you could. I <laughs> guess if you stayed on the train. But. So it sounds like you need to have a special card... I'm assuming that it's pretty easy to get that, to, to find the card. Is that correct? So if you're trying to get on the train, especially from the airport, like there are card readers right there. I think the buses take cash if you uh, happen to be at a MARTA bus stop and try to get onto the MARTA bus alone without having a card, but... I have a little bit of experience driving around Atlanta. Generally speaking, what kind of traffic should I have been experiencing? Oh, oh. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. Well, I, I, I live in the mid-Atlantic in a place where there's terrible traffic, and it's just about as bad as Philadelphia. It's just about as bad as Washington, D.C. It's worse than Baltimore. It's, it, it, it's not fun. I, I understand that this is just a persistent state of traffic. Yeah, and especially around Dragon Con time, like, there's usually, like, a bowl game, a, a football game, at the same time uh, every weekend as, as Dragon Con now, and now there's also, like, other events going on. Roughly at the same time, it's basically a convergence of a bunch of things happening, and so that just means more traffic. 
All right, so where is the convention held at? The convention is held generally in the hotels around uh, Peachtree Center. There are five host hotels, the Cortland Grand, as well as the uh, Marriott, the Hilton, uh, the Hyatt, and the Westin. Those are the five host hotels, and it's also taken over two adjacent buildings of um, America's Mart, which is essentially a shopping center. Yeah, that was the thing I didn't get to experience because I got in too early. Do you have a preference if you stayed at more than one of them? I know you got to lock stuff in ahead of time. Maybe it's always the same hotel for you. Well, when I started going uh, a long time ago, it was really only the Hyatt and the Marriott, and uh, I've been Team Hyatt since. I think uh, I think there are different flares on different like subreddits and things where people uh, choose hotels like Hogwarts houses, basically. Oh, absolutely. I have only stayed at the Hyatt for like one night total at Gen Con, but I have to say, uh, it's pretty nice, and I always wonder why I don't stay there. And So, it, it's hot. Are any of the hotels... <laughs> no, it is hot here. I, I, I am drinking the air right now. <laughs> Are any of the hotels connected so if I attend, I don't have to walk in the outside and then the day start? Yeah, so the uh, three hotels that are connected are the Hilton, the Marriott, and the Hyatt, uh, basically in that order, with the Marriott being in the middle. There are sky bridges between all three of those, as well as there is a sky bridge from the Hyatt to the Peachtree Center building, which also contains a food court. You can spend the whole weekend without going outside once if you just stick to those three hotels. Oh, I love the sound of that, just in general. I I walked around the zoo for half of today, and uh, you could wrung my shirt out. Nice. So how, how's parking? So if I'm driving, which I, I don't want to, but if I'm driving, what do I need to be afraid of? Basically, everyone's probably going to try to get off at the World Congress Center uh, exit. There is an exit that is just one down the Cortland Street exit. That's the one I always use. And it's generally a little less crowded, but it's still pretty crowded, especially with everything going on downtown. That exit will also take you pretty close to my favorite place to park, which is the uh, Andrew Young International Parking Deck, uh, which also has a sky tunnel to the Peachtree Center uh, food court, essentially. So again, you can go and park and then, again, not have to leave the indoors as long as you're staying in those three hotels. Obviously, we've talked about everything except for what you actually do while you're at Dragon Con during the day. I know it's kind of hard when literally there's every sort of nerd culture thing at Dragon Con, but, you know, like, if you had to pick a bunch of categories, like the top five or something, what are people doing? Are they gaming? Are they partying? Are they just running around in costumes, possibly carpet-related? Yeah, I would say partying and people watching is probably at that top at the top of that list generally during throughout the entire con. But during the day there's a lot of programming, there's a lot of panels and workshops and guests. Costumes as far as the eye can see you know, there's uh, plenty of gaming for people who are more Gen Con adjacent. Uh, there's plenty there's <laughs> basically a whole gaming convention. Uh, uh, t- well, t- tell me more. All year I dream about gaming conventions. <laughs> so uh, gaming is run a lot like Gen Con. You can go to gaming.dragoncon.org to find the events calendar, uh, which nice. is up already. Unlike Gen Con, it's not all based around like the will call line. So there is a desk where you have to go and pay for tickets, and generally cash is accepted there. I think they'll take cards, but uh, that might be the weird little Venmo swipey thing that may or may not always work. So that's something to keep in mind. It looks like there's open gaming in some sort of library. 
Yeah, and all that stuff is going to be in, I think, America's Mart Building 3, along with, like, all the arcade games and all the card Mm. game stuff. All that stuff is going to be in America's Mart. The LARPing, the werewolf, and I think most of the video gaming, or, like, land party gaming, is going to be in the Westin. You know, my favorite part of Gen Con is, besides the gaming, the capitalism. Yeah! I'd like to go and spend money. Can I spend money at Dragon Con? Yes, there are plenty of places to spend money at Dragon Con. The other America's Mart building is entirely capitalism, and I think there's like four floors of it. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really neat having a multi-story vendor experience. I think everyone should have that. It just makes it feel bigger. I know, I'm sure it's not the biggest one out there, but you're like, Oh, my goodness, goodness. I'm I'm only only on on floor two. two. Wow. Wow. They do have a lot of good uh, Dragon Con branded merchandise. That's about the only stuff I actually bought last year. You can, you can spend, spend a lot, a lot of, money. of money. USA. And you can also spend money on uh, photo ops as well as there are certain workshops and experiences that also, I think, cost a little bit. Having screened through the Dragon Con website on my phone a little bit, it seems like there's a lot of guests there. Like, I think I tallied up to 140 and I wasn't out of the ease in terms of guests. <laughs> Like, is that a big thing, or is that just, am am I reading too much into that? Oh, no, the guests are a huge draw every year. There was a year where, like, they had basically Shatner, Stewart, and uh, Nimoy, and that was just a crazy year. The line was around the block for it. Yeah, they definitely have, I don't know exactly how it works, but it's like, if you're really important, you might get your own room, and then there might be five or six lesser cast members of something sharing a, a little hallway, and then you can pay money for that, too, you know, go get autographs and stuff. I got to hear from one of our friends about Dragon Con, because he watched us record a live episode. Shout out Rathskeller. He ultimately didn't have time to, to, to join in on this. But I understand that the night experience at Dragon Con is just a whole different experience from the day. Can you elaborate? Oh, absolutely. During the day, obviously, it's more of a, well, a convention. You've got a lot of panels. You've got a lot of events and activities and things to go do and see. And there's still plenty of, like, costumes and photo shoots and stuff. But at night, it becomes the nerd Mardi Gras that we've all dreamed of. (laughs) so as the night drags on like people like i know i myself and my friends we tend to just find a spot and plant ourselves and just watch the parade essentially of great costumes and just good times overall it's just it's it's something that you just kind of have to experience almost and there's plenty of stuff to do pretty much all night concerts dances parties and again a lot of the gaming and stuff is also still open uh basically 24 7 it's it's really an ex- an experience that I would say I've never had before, except at Dragon Con, once it's like, you know, 6, 7 p.m., it's like packed like the running of the nerds at Gen Con, but all the time in the hotels, and you can't escape it, which is great if you're in the mood to party, and a nightmare, of course, if you are trying to avoid partying. How do you deal with the heat? Because, uh, you know, being here, it, it, it is not fun. I'm I, I am perhaps a Yankee, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out here. I think one of the reasons why Sherman got from Atlanta to the sea so quickly <laughs> was because of the humidity. The hotels are very good about keeping water stations around and I kinda have a personal rule of I don't pass two of them, right? Like if if I see a water station, I try to drink from one. Also, you know, kinda listen to your body as far as like the heat is concerned. If you're wearing like really heavy cosplay or something like that, you're probably gonna want 
take more breaks than someone in a t-shirt and shorts, right? Keep to the hamster tunnels, and for the most part, like, mm-hmm. you're, they themselves aren't air-conditioned, but you're going from an air-conditioned place to an air-conditioned place, you'll probably be okay. You know, just don't overdo it. Like, you know, take breaks. There are definitely places in and around the hotels that are places where you can kind of just chill out, sit down, have a glass of water, relax, maybe not have every drink you drink over the weekend be alcohol. That's that's probably good advice in general, and especially if you're in danger of, like, heat stroke or something. Uh, I assume that, you know, body odor is perhaps even worse at a August convention in the Deep South than it is in conventions in the North and in the winter where it's... I always keep, like, a little travel one on me. I mean, even at Gen Con, right? Like, you're just moving more than you generally would during a day. Try to find time to to re-up. Be the change you want to see in the world. I think we hit everything in a short amount of time that we talked about from from a Gen Con standpoint. And certainly you could probably talk our ears off on it. I appreciate the brevity. Do you have any other recommendations that you want to, that you would make to someone, you know, about in, in terms of attending? I would say that like one of the most unique things about Dragon Con are, again, like there are tracks for everything. You know, there's the main programming, which includes probably the biggest guests for that year, as well as like wrestling, which is always a great draw and Mm. some of the late night concerts and stuff. But like, there's also like, you can go and, you know, like take a how to program in Python class and you can also go (laughs) to the uh, Hilton roof and do the astronomy track. And one of the more unique tracks I feel is great for Dragon Con, especially because we do have the Center of Puppetry Arts here, is that uh, the uh, puppetry track is probably one that's, I don't know if any other convention has a puppetry track. Gen Con has like a puppet slam with some, you know, some Jim Henson people, but it's not, yeah, it's like one thing. Decision time. We're going to focus on two bits here. Let's say I'm somebody who wants to attend Dragon Con on short notice. What What do do I I need to know now? now? What you need to know now is you need to get onto DragonCon.org and purchase your badge pretty much immediately. They they don't sell out, but they do plan to have caps this year, I believe. So uh, secure your badge first and foremost, as well as try to secure, or well, definitely secure some sort of housing so you don't hobo con it. There are plenty of hotels in and around the Atlanta area, and DragonCon is right on the Marta line. It's really easy to take the train, get out uh, at Peachtree Center, you're right there, and then if you have to Uber back, that's probably going to be cheaper than parking at the convention and driving every day. Now, let's pretend I'm somebody who doesn't want to attend DragonCon this year, but started a podcast which suggests that I should perhaps attend DragonCon <laughs> starting next year. When do I need to start paying attention to deadlines? I would say, like, the cheapest you can buy a badge for next year is basically right after the convention. Uh, that's one That's one thing to keep a, an eye on. Uh, the other thing to keep an eye on is uh, when the hotel blocks go up. There's a DragonCon subreddit called DragonCon Rooms or DragonCon Hotels, I believe. And both of those are generally up to date on when hotel blocks get released. The DragonCon Facebook also is a very good resource, I hear, for that, as well as the Discord. So, like, there's a number of social media things you can kind of keep an eye on in order to try to get your hotel room which is probably the hardest thing to get and yeah that's going to be very soon after the convention probably late september early october all right well baka thank you so much for joining us this has been yeah really enlightening yeah thanks for having me i'm 
I'm so sad I'm not going now. Way to go. This was my fault. I should have known. Dreamers, thanks for listening. Hope you found this helpful, whether it's for DragonCon 2023 or your plans for DragonCon 2024. And we're going to keep it coming in future episodes, and we're going to talk about some other upcoming conventions. Greetings from the end of the episode, weary traveler. Perhaps you would like to examine my social media wares, all gathered at linktr.ee slash dreamaboutgamingconventions. We sell everything, from Instagram to Facebook to YouTube. Soon we may have whatever tip jar the kids are using these days. All music for this episode was composed by Quarex. Except for Adidas, courtesy freemidi.org. All editing for this episode was by Ben.